0: Welcome, everyone, and welcome, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining us in conversation today. So as we start off our topic around diving into understanding ourselves and our thoughts, our mindset, specific to the workplace, we're opening up with a chapter on starting with ourselves and understanding ourselves. Um, Let's level set first about just mental health at work. Um, In your opinion, with your expertise of working with so many companies over the years, what do you think it is about work that can be so influential to what our mental health looks like every day?
1: That's a great question. I mean, for most people, we are so committed to our work and we take pride in our work and we want to do a great job. We don't want to let our colleagues down or our customers down. What ends up happening is because of that massive commitment, sometimes projects or workloads expand beyond realistically what we can handle. And as a result, that extra energy we put in beyond what we're capable of depletes us and generally starts to create mental fatigue and starts to almost melt down our brains a little bit to the point where we ourselves start to fade but we're still trying to exert ourselves so much. So it's in many ways, it's like mathematics. It's just that we output much, much more energy than we than we have when we end up depleted and then our brain starts to fade and then it kind of can become a bit of a slippery slope.
0: Yeah. Would you say that would be kind of the defining line for what can make someone's relationship with work healthy or unhealthy? Because I think a question we get a lot of the times um, right. is, okay, well, how do I tell if my relationship with work is healthy or unhealthy? And and is there a more tangible line in the sand or characteristics or symptoms that I can look for? Uh, There is,
1: there is. And it's actually your relationship with yourself. hmm. So if your relationship with yourself starts to fail, that means your relationship with work is probably unhealthy. We all, we all have things that we need to do to be our best. And unfortunately in society, there's this, this narrative of self-sacrifice and the old stories of the martyrs. And you know, if you self-sacrifice, that's required what's required to be successful. Unfortunately, you end up generally hurting yourself. So the, there's things that we know in, in, in my book, uh, we talk about um, resilience rituals. What are the things you need to do for your body, for your mind and your spirit, your, your, your liveliness, your, your, you know basically feeling excellent, great, inspired, Um, and if you stop doing those things, that's when, you know, work is too much because when you do those things, you're the strongest, freshest, best version of yourself, happiest version of yourself because you're fueling your body, your mind, and your spirit. So when you, when you, when you're not able to do what you need to do for yourself, I think that's, that's when you've crossed the line of some sort. And generally from working with lots of leaders around the world, that's when people start to get into trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And as far as translating that into action, is it almost like we we should recommend that each person actually sit down and do some basic work around reflecting and writing down, okay, what are the core things that I need to see in my life to make sure I'm taking care of myself?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, is to be careful with your story. And I recommend, and again, the book I wrote is called Your Oxygen Mask First. And just like on airplanes, they tell you, put your mask on first before you help an elderly person or a child, because basically you have more strength and capability. So you got to get that for sustained high performance, you have to take care of yourself first and, and not in a way that's detrimental to others in a way that you're the strongest, best version. And then you actually can have more to give. So you got to be careful with that because sometimes we don't have the best role models for it. And so taking care of yourself first is is the starting point that that belief system that you can and should and, and deserve it um, and you'll find as you get through it, your career you'll have no choice at some point because you'll yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll get hurt but um, and then it's what I you know those those resilience which is then figure what are those things like for me i need to work out in the morning and i need to write spending time writing for me clears my thoughts focuses me on what's most important able to be grateful of you know, around the things that matter most. But that's a starting point for, for my body and my mind. I actually need to update my to-do list, preferably Sunday night or Monday morning. Updating my to-do list because there's always too much to do. Doing that um, helps. Listening to music is another piece. As I'm preparing this morning, listening to music just gets me in, in, in a great space. And then for my spirit, and this is the tricky one, especially when people you know, get into serious relationships and have children, it seems to be harder for some people, but I've got a group of friends and I love to adventure and we love to race cars, race motorcycles and do these things. And it's not even as much Uh, the activity is fun and it's, you know, lots of adrenaline. We have a great time, but it's, it's, it's the camaraderie with like-minded people around something that's not work. Mm-hmm. And I've got friends that like to you know, cook or people that like to go boating or do art. You know, a, a lawyer I know works four days a week and then has one day a week of art. Some people do woodwork. We, we have all these different things, but it's knowing the recipe for yourself, mm-hmm. kind of like grandma's amazing spaghetti sauce, is that there's certain ingredients that make it just pop. And for you, it's knowing and then having the discipline to stick to those certain ingredients that just make you pop and and, and giving yourself that permission to do it.
0: Yeah, what a great, I think, homework takeaway maybe for some of um, our folks listening, especially as, as we're in this still New Year season uh, yes. about what our personal recipes are for taking care of ourselves and thriving. Yes. Uh, you had mentioned that sometimes we don't always see the most healthy role models or societal pictures right of of taking care of ourselves and we often see instead self-sacrifice or people-pleasing or martyrdom um, modeled for us I, I think another version of that too right is this almost it feels like the only focus um in culture around our careers is around monetary success and the next career title and the yep. next jump. Um, how do you think this has impacted our modern state of mental health? And and are there ways that you would recommend more healthily approach our mindset around success and defining success um, so yep. that it becomes more healthy and sustainable?
1: Absolutely, um, and I I can be victim to that stuff too. Most high achievers are so obsessed with achievement. That's why they become high achievers. And they generally work harder. Um, you know, I go through periods where I work crazy hours. I still do to this day, because I'm super committed to my clients, committed to my team. And the reality is, is you got to you know cut yourself some slack and allow yourself to be human first, because we will always go through periods where it's going to be crazy. And like a pro athlete, you need some recovery time, you got to give yourself um, yeah, you got to give yourself some, some space on that. I, I think in our society, the thing that I look at and what, you know, and a guide to it is what do I say to my children? Right. I got, you know, teenage children and, you know, there's one thing I, that I write about and it's called head success versus heart success. Head success is our pride, our ego. Um, that's where the money and the, uh, title, and the bigger place that we live or the better vacation. And like, those things can all be great, but unto themselves, they're not enough and they're a little bit of a trap. And that's where the heart success comes from. Like what makes you feel great? So like, we just had an amazing weekend. It didn't require a big title. It didn't cost a lot of money. And it's like, we had dinner with some friends on Friday night at a place like an hour away. We sat around telling stories, had a great time. You know, we got out for a hike on Saturday morning and my partner had some time to do some work uh, that she's, she's working on a, um, her next degree. And I had some time to just do some research and, you know, nothing major Saturday night. We went out for dinner with other friends and had a great time and laugh. And we got together with family yesterday and did some other, like it, it was, an, you know, a nine and a half out of 10 weekend but it was family friends outside going for a drive going somewhere different and that's what heart success is it's the stuff that lights you up and generally it costs like 7 cents <laughs> it it does and and for highly motivated people who want to do great work and have a great career we're always going to be driven by the two but you kind of balance them out mm-hmm. and 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 basically have room have room for both because some people it's it's some people, you know, almost work themselves to death. And, you know, and the root of interesting for our firm, our firm, our, the premise of our firm is success and at work and a great life too. That's the ultimate measure. Because we see people who are wildly successful in careers, in their careers, but you wouldn't want their life. And I've also met people who have, you know, amazing lives, but then don't thrive in their career. And we're kind of fighting to have both. Uh, thrive in your career and life is grand. Yeah. Almost
0: I think of this as what you had said before on finding your personal recipe um yes. for taking care of yourself but remembering that we each have individual recipes for how we create meaningful and fulfilling lives too it's not just investing in the work column but outside of that
1: too. Exactly and, and again in the last chapter of my book there's a thing called the master plans chapter 17 and it's a incredibly simple tool for goal setting for long-term, like end of your life, 10 years down the road, three years down the road this year and the next 90 days, but it's broken into three columns. And I've used it myself for well over a decade goals for work goal for yourself, IE to be the best version of you and then goal for your life, which is your family and your friends in the community. So I, all the leaders we work with, we make sure that they set goals in all three areas unfortunately most people normally just do the work and then work will dominate or over dominate. So when you set your goals and, you know, for example, our whole team and many of the firms that we work with, um, even for our whole team, we, in our company goal setting, everyone's goals for work, self and life are listed. So once a month when the whole team goes through our goals, we talk about all three because we know that's what sustainable performance, number one, and a fulfilling life require. So it's again, simple, simple approach, but I strongly recommend people balance their goals. And, and, and that way, generally you can achieve things in all three areas and not get lost. Yeah.
0: As we speak about this, I think for a lot of us, it'll make sense and it'll click, right? But I think one stumbling block or challenge that we often face is, okay, this all makes sense when I have time to sit down and listen to a speaker and be motivated but then life hits and it feels like a tornado. And I think for many of us, right, it almost feels like we're, we're always reacting and, and um, on the defense instead of the offense and, and just feeling overwhelmed um, and some, sometimes helpless. Um, when it comes to, like you say, putting your own oxygen mask on first, um, what are your thoughts on on the in-between that I think sometimes we don't realize can be so hard because it doesn't seem like it should be so hard just to reach up and actually take the agency to put our oxygen mask on. But it's almost like for some of us, we've spent so long ignoring our own oxygen mask or focusing on others first that it's really difficult to even figure out how to reclaim our responsibility um, for ourselves. Um, What are your thoughts or, Mm -hmm. or words of encouragement around that first step to reclaim our our responsibility and and really to truly start with ourselves?
1: Well, the good news is uh, life will provide that lesson for you sooner or later. (laughs) You don't take care of yourself. You're going to get a swift kick in the rear end by life and you will end up sick, burnt out, having a mental health crisis. Um, You will get the opportunity. Don't worry about it. It'll happen. You just need to recognize it when it comes. I've burnt myself out at least 10 times seriously because I'm so driven. And then I hit the wall and then I just keep going until I, you know, I fall down sometimes. You know, like I'll I'll give you an example. Um, I have a, 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 and I, I could probably tell you 100 different stories of people getting the wake up call from life. And as a result, I've had to become an expert in mental health because it's just what happens. It's it's like the dark secret of the boardroom. It happens to all of us. We're all we're all one or two life events away from a mental health issue. Mental health is not because you're not strong. You know, it's not something that happens to weak or under-resourced uh, peoples. People, sorry, um, it happens to everybody in time because we get ourselves into situations, and sometimes it can be externals. Just it's like if you're in a ring with a boxer like a Mike Tyson, you might handle one punch. You're not going to handle two or three. You will be out. And mental health is, 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 is like that. So, for example, this, there was a CEO that I worked with, in it, but it could be any role in a company. And he had had a horrible thing happen in his business. A massive issue with a partner. He almost lost the business. And the stress was like 42 out of 10. So the stress was destroying him. And then his world started to implode. His brain started to fatigue. And what happens to people and when mental health gets them is that there, many things fade, their sleep gets messed up, cognition, um, ability to focus, all kinds of things. And you basically start to self-destruct for a period of time. And then you get to the point where you get hopeless. Like you, and, and you get to the point where either addiction kicks in and whether it's something as simple as coffee and drinking too much coffee or shopping or alcohol or drugs or other things, so the addic- addiction is a coping mechanism because you're in such deep pain um, or, you know, people just go and hide in their closet, you know, and, and, and it's tough. So this guy got really, really bad. It took about a year or so to get him back on his feet. And, you know, he learned a lot of lessons. He grew immensely. We got him seeing a psychologist two or three times a week because he was in really, really, really rough shape you know, he's, he's, he's thriving now, but it was kind of like that wake up call that got him. And, and the thing that, you know, that we teach people and we teach around this model called the mental health continuum is that it's predictable. Like during, during um, early June of 2020, during COVID, I, I got completely destroyed and had all kinds of weird stuff that happened. And I know this stuff like the back of my hand, the resilience rituals keeps you strong, but still at some point, that's where people need to work with a psychologist or a counselor when it gets to be rough. And you guys have a great, um, you know, employee assistance program at Atlassian and, and, and you've got great benefits where people can get, you know, complimentary, confidential counseling sessions. I think it's five sessions people are eligible for. I saw your, your, your program. And then there's a couple more available for parents, which is also a highly stressful time. Um, so the reality is if you don't do something about it, you're going to get the wake up call anyways, and you'll have an opportunity. My hope is, that when those things happen, ideally proactively or worst case reactively, you know, the, the, the answer is to go talk to a, a mental health expert to figure out better strategies and ways to, to do it. Not, you know, I believe that all of us need 30 or 40 hours of therapy, minimum, all. Yeah. Interestingly, when you talk to high performing leaders that have sustained for a long time and really thrived in their careers, most of them have done it, yeah. but they don't talk about it. Because it's kind of, you know, there's the stigma we have in our society. So I know, I, I, get, you know I, I get very passionate about this because I didn't know this stuff when I started my career. I, had, I was clueless. And as a young, you know, driven guy you know, going and talking to a counselor or something like, yeah, that was just not something that was something I was excited about doing. But, but we need it. And that's why there's resources. And that's why company, you guys have things like you know, employee assistance programs that have access to these benefits. And, and, and so basically in summary is you can do it proactively and take charge and have time to reflect and do that. That's wonderful. And I hope you do. And if you don't, it it probably, you know, kicks you in the rear end at some point and then you get an opportunity to do it then.
0: Yeah. Great. Um, As you speak through some of those points, um, I also want to remind all of our viewers too, um, if you want to learn more about, just the basics of mental health, that we have a journey with psychotherapist, uh, Danielle Locklear, to talk through some of those components, to really understand them, Um, and as we like to catchphrase too, right, to really kind of learn some of the science over the stigma when it comes to working with and understanding our mental health. Um, We also have an entire series on burnout from our last well-being week to dive into when it comes to your brain and your body, giving you that swift kick in the rear and, and giving you some of the signs and information um, that your body might need something different, uh, that you might need to make a change in your life. And of course, we'll reference all of our Atlassian employee resources um, where you can access those and refer to those as well.
1: I encourage everyone to make sure you, you do that journey on mental health. It's, we all need it at some point. It's like, it's like learning the basics of physical first aid. We need to understand the basics of mental health because it's going to come into our life.
0: Yeah. And yeah. it's,
1: it's, it's the stigma but it's unfortunate. And the you know, last thing I'll, I'll say on that, you know, working with thousands of leaders around the world and wildly successful, you know, whether it's senior leaders, mid-level leaders in companies and as successful as they get all of them that I know have had a serious mental health issue in their careers. And it generally, you know, by the time they hit their early forties, it's happened almost for sure for all of them. They just don't disclose it. It's so common. And it's like, we know what to do if you get a bad cut or if, you know, or a fever or all these things. And we just need to know what to do because I, without even knowing it, have saved a few lives, literally saved people and kept them on the planet because I had some skills around this. And it's, which is scary because there's people around us that are in deep pain, but if you're not aware of it, you know, you you don't know how to help them.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it's such an important point to continue opening up and discussing uh, that mental health isn't some optional add-on right it's really a core component and a critical foundation to how we experience every aspect of our lives um, and it's great that we're finally getting some acceptance and education around our mental health so that we can have real tools and skills around it instead of um, being beholden to to stigma around figuring out ourselves um, I always like to use the analogy right that we would never stigmatize or shame um, someone for needing help with their physical health. Right. We would never look at someone who's having a heart attack or physically ill or broke their leg and be like, Oh, you should really figure that out for yourself. Right. And and so it's the same with how our incredibly complex brains and nervous systems work and how they're biologically wired. Um, None of us should just somehow magically know how to take care of ourselves when we don't have the expertise and training to do so i agree i'm I'm glad that you brought that up Um, kevin thank you for starting us off with this chapter on beginning with ourselves next up we'll jump into our chapter on really diving deeper into our internal core emotions when we are working together we'll see you soon